This is Alex. I'm from Boston. Hello, this is Jackie, and I'm from Houston. Hey, this is Rahul from Stanford. And we are the Premier Chess. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chels, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming to you on your speakers and headsets, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm one of your hosts, Jackie. I'm here, obviously, with my other host, Rahul. But today we're joined by Feroz Ali, I think a name known by a lot of the Chelsea community. Feroz, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate it. It's been quick succession. We get to talk to you. We saw you in preseason. I think we'll jump into that in a few minutes, but let me pass it to Rahul to say hello as well. Welcome back, Feroza. The last time we spoke, we were doing a season review. So this time around, we're doing a preview and there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, but I'm glad to have you back on. But I can't get started and get into the episode without talking about our DC shenanigans. Um, <laughs> so for, for those that don't know, we connected, Feroz, myself, and Jackie connected in DC for the final PL Summer Series game. Uh, and I'll let Feroz put it in his words how that went. Oh, guys, uh, first of all, thank you for having me once again. And it's it's crazy because it's been a week already. Time just flew by. And obviously, it was like such a last minute thing for me. I was considering doing like preseason as well. But because it was like in the other side, I was like, probably it would not be the best idea. But things just worked out perfectly because I was in Toronto and then I saw you guys go for the games earlier, and then I hit you up, and I'm like, "Wait, like, is there? You think there's a there's a chance? Is it too late to apply for credentials?" But thankfully, I owe you big time, Rahul, and obviously Jackie. Like, it just you guys helped me so much, and the stars aligned, and we get we connected, and you know we saw the what the club we all love together, you know, and we reported on it. So that was that was really a good time. Yeah, no, definitely. Jackie and I were, were going to be there, but having you join us was honestly a, a, a pleasant surprise and something that we hadn't planned for, but we just rolled with it. And uh, we kept telling you, we used to watch your videos growing up, I put that in quotes, uh, and to have you sitting next to us or just interacting with us was great. So I'm glad it worked out. And as you said, the stars aligned like they usually do in Chelsea's case. Um, but let's move on. Uh, it's almost the new season guys it's coming up we've endured a lot of pain last season we've put that in the past and we go look forward with a lot of optimism so uh, before we get into the outlook for our season i'll just run through some of the high level um, summary from last season so our worst finish uh in in a very recent memory at least 12th place 11 wins 11 draws 16 losses 44 points 38 goals scored in 38 games. I guess a goal a game isn't bad, but when you concede 47, that's that's not good. Um, so that's from last season. We've had some incomings, transfer incomings, Nicholas Jackson and Kunku, Axel Disasi, Robert Sanchez, and a lot more, a few more to come, but we'll touch on that in a second. Outgoings, Angola Kante, Koulibaly, Havertz, Mason Mount. Pulisic, I have to take a breath here, RLC, Mendy, Kovacic, and then the loans for Jao Felix and Zakaria ending. So a lot of movement, a lot of changes. We were lucky enough to watch some of the new players in person. Preseason wins against Wrexham, Brighton, Fulham, and a draw against Newcastle and Dortmund, and we won the PL Summer Series. So that brings us to the first Premier League game of the season with Liverpool at home. But Jackie, I'll come to you. 
what are your thoughts going into this season? What are you Liverpool is playing. What are you thinking? What are you expecting? Are you going in with many expectations at all? First of all, you did a great job summarizing last season. I think I try to avoid talking about it. It's like a nightmare that I don't want to relive, but every so often I get reminded of what last season was. I'm excited. I think I'm excited for Liverpool. I'm not excited to a point where I'm blind and I think we're going to go steamroll them, right? But I'm excited because of what we saw in preseason. I think interacting with Mauricio Pochettino as well, I'll be the first to raise my hand. When he was appointed, I was skeptical. I think maybe that's the best word to use, but he's saying the right things. He's doing the right things. His football style that he's implemented on the 22-23 folks that we've seen so far is is exciting to watch. I think you outlined the 38 goals scored and you said in 38 games, but there were FA Cup games in there. There was Champions League game in there. So maybe 50 games and we scored 38 <laughs> goals. But no, it, we scored a ton of goals in preseason. We've looked exciting. Some of the players we've signed that you mentioned are quality players that we were missing last season. Obviously, we talked about Malagusta a lot so far, having a good quality backup. I think that's just going to be important for the season. So I'm excited, guys. I'm really excited. Yeah, and, and that's what we have to to feel, right? Excitement because we've suffered last season, even the season before that, losing two cup finals. Uh, Feroz, are you feeling the excitement? Are you a little more skeptical, like Jackie said he was when he first, Pochettino first came in? Or has this preseason shown you enough with tactics, with the players, that there is optimism and there is something to look forward to? Now, usually I'm super optimistic and I wanted Pochettino actually since like 2018, 2019. I, I love the guy despite his first connections. I just feel like, you know, we keep hearing this word aura. He just has that about him. Uh, he says the right things. The mood seems perfect. And you just see the determination and the, the willingness to back the team, whether it's a preseason friendly or not. He fight for the club, which is what we lacked under our other uh, manager. Uh, not Lampard, but I think Graham <laughs> Potter, he just seems so like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. This is just a job. But Pochettino, he just, he's saying everything that needs to be said. And along with the fact that like our youngsters that we got in, uh, in, the, in the transfer window, they're shining. And everything is just clicking, connecting, obviously, bar the awful news that came out today. But I am still very optimistic about everything. And, you know, it, I, I don't think it can get any worse than last season, right? So uh, I'm generally really optimistic about this entire situation. Yeah, and I, I like that you you brought up the negative news from today, but stayed away from, from sharing exactly what it is, and we'll get to it in a second. Mm -hmm. uh, but three competitions, Jackie, Premier League, Carabao Cup, FA Cup, no Europe this season. Does that allow Pochettino to work with the players and give them his way of doing things and his way of, of playing the game on the pitch? Uh, because we've seen it with Conte, and we'll, we always make references back to that season where Conte comes in, no European football, and we go and do what we do by winning the league. But is it fair to compare it to that season? Because that was a whole different team, whole different setup, and this is a completely different Chelsea team, even from a year ago. I think you can draw some similarities, right? And I think it's important to note that we all want to be in Europe. I think I can speak for every Chelsea fan we love those Champions League nights, Wednesday nights, Tuesday nights at the bridge, lights shining down. We want to have an exciting game where we see the flags waving and the fans are excited and happy for the day. But it could be beneficial to not have that distraction of Europe. And if we're led to believe what the ownership has done, which is incentivize our players, meaning 
if they don't have the same salary base that they used to, I'm expecting him to play a little bit better in the Premier League to kind of finish higher in the Premier League. And again, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm trying to contain my excitement, but I want to see them give it their all to finish in their top four so we can be in Champions League next year. But no, it is it is a good opportunity for Pochettino to say, I don't have to play midweek most of the time. Obviously, there'll be a couple of cup games. So there's rest in between, more time to drill what your philosophy is into who, who he thinks his first 11 is. And then if we have a good season from here, he can build on it for next season for Europe. Yeah, and you said top four. It's actually really top five going into this it is, yeah. season. So um, that may be a, a silver lining in itself. Uh, Feroz, your thoughts on the fact that it's three competitions. Is the focus going to be on maybe getting as far as possible in one of the cup competitions, but ultimately targeting the top five finish because that gets you back where we belong? No, 100%. It's because the way Pochettino also works, I feel like already you can hear Ben Chilwell and all these other players saying like they're training and working hard. It's a total different contrast than last season. So in terms of that, fatigue and all will kick in. And I feel like ideally, obviously, in an ideal situation, you would love to be in the Champions League or in Europe itself. But I think that this suits the players. And I'm just happy about this entire situation. You know, And even Fabregas pointed out, I'm not going to say we're going to win the league. Fabri guys even said, like he told like Hasselbank last season, that just be optimistic and you know having this this rest can benefit the club. Even though we're gonna miss European nights, it can be a really good thing and a blessing in disguise. Yeah, and and we have to look at it that way because there's no mm-hmm. real other other choice, right? But uh, for a long time we've said European football with a new manager kind of slows down the progress in training because you're almost focused at the next game and the next game. So yeah, playing 38 Premier League games and then getting as far as possible in the cup competition and and ultimately just trying to get back into Europe. Champions League is the goal, but even one of the other competitions, as long as we are building and heading towards the right direction. Um, shirt sponsor, guys. We're still sponsorless without uh, going into the, the new season. Six days to go. Jackie, are you concerned by that worries issues thoughts you know initially i thought it would be a problem to have that lack of funding but after seeing what the shirt looks like i'm I'm pleasantly surprised that i don't miss a sponsor i think it looks pretty classic and something that chelsea could benefit from as well but i think the ownership have done well to get funds from other areas notably selling a lot of excuse the word deadwood but it's the truth of what we were running through which is dead worth of players on high contracts players that we didn't need and they've done well to squeeze most of them for good money out of the transfers which is good i know we've made some signings as far as official airline partners and travel partners so there is money flowing into the club i don't think we're hurting for money if we get a sponsor tomorrow that aligns with what the ownership wants what chelsea believes in i think we would take it but i don't want to rush and see us get into another sponsorship where fans are not necessarily happy what they stand for yeah exactly and and we've heard rumors and certain stories have come out that the owners are looking to raise capital. And in that case, Feroz, if they go ahead with a sponsorless shirt or kit for the rest of the season, would you be opposed to it? I love the new kit without sponsors. All, all three uh, of them. All, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they look so good. But I don't know if you guys saw the latest rumor. Yes. About <laughs> a sponsor, so... It could be a total contrast. I just wish we were in a world where everything is perfect with the sponsorship, where everyone is happy. Obviously, the situation happened with Paramount, which was 
different and then steak there was a lot of backlash um and now we have this other potential sponsor that a lot of people were like hold on so so we're gonna say no to steak and yes to this so it's weird i just i just hope that for selfish reasons we don't get a sponsor i just love the fact that it's sponsorless but at the same time if we were to get sponsored you know, i just want everyone to be happy you know yeah and and we wanted to make the shirt look even better because the shirt itself yeah. looks great uh mm-hmm. and i say the shirt i mean the home kit uh the other two which if you've not seen for rose already has the away kit um him and kevin durant are the only two people uh, <laughs> but and we won't go into that for rose don't don't worry uh, but no i i agree with you i think if we can raise the funds from other avenues and and keep the shirt the way it is without going into certain areas with sponsors that may be questionable uh, that would be ideal. But let's come back to this weekend. And we have Liverpool at home. Uh, a big game, a game in the in the past few seasons that ended as a draw. Uh, you think back to league games, you think back to cup finals. Uh, we always tend to find a way to just draw the game. And this game comes at a time where both teams are still finding their feet. Liverpool have some outgoings. Um I'll start with our starting 11 for Rose. What are you expecting? Kepa plays in goal. Are you expecting Robert Sanchez to come in? He's just Ooh. come in. Now, I think uh, we're going to stick with Kepa because obviously he was there for the entire preseason. I think Sanchez, if he would have come in earlier, he would have been a starter because I don't rate him that highly. I just feel like goalkeepers that are tall, it just gives me more confidence. I know that sounds <laughs> horrible, but... Especially, like, even though Kepa was decent last season, there were a lot of howlers that you just cannot have that for a position like that, right? I think the starting 11 is going to look similar to last game, but maybe, I guess, Modric might now take Nkuku. I don't know. This, this whole Nkuku situation, because, you know, obviously our recent signings in preseason, they look sharp, but the main excitement was for Nkuku, and now... You know, that news is just horrible. So, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen regarding that, but I feel like Pochettino has this uh, 11 decided already. Yeah, so so Kepa in goal. Jackie, mm-hmm. I know we've been putting a pin in this topic for a while, but what are your thoughts on not just Kepa, but also bringing in Sanchez from Brighton, who ultimately is supposed to give Kepa more competition, but is in and around maybe the same level or, or, or talent as him? So I think we'll take the pin out and kick the can down the road because I know you're not ready to talk about the Kepa, the Kepa situation. But I think it's similar to the Mendy situation. Guys, I think they've brought in a keeper that is decent. I don't think he is a horrible keeper by any means necessary. But he's also not had the same amount of time as Kepa to acclimate to the team. He's also not been at Chelsea and knows the Chelsea, whatever the Chelsea way is these days, right? It's a lot of change. But I think he sticks with him, gives him the opportunity to show that don't make mistakes, play the football the way we know how to play it, and you will be the number one. This is just kind of a warning sign, in, in my opinion. Now, if Kepa does similar things to what Feroz is describing, which is a howler or lets a ball in or is bad with his feet, you best believe that there's going to be Sanchez right down his neck saying, let me get that spot. And it will happen at some point, I think, especially in cup games or if there's an injury, Sanchez might come in and say, I'm going to make this my number one. But, but you want that. You want two quality goalkeepers that can fight for number one and put pressure on each other. But for now, Kepa's the number one. 
you said two quality goalkeepers. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to say anything further. Um, is this almost Kepa's last opportunity? Because he's had a run in. He came in in 2018 uh, as the first choice. He did decent first season, but it's then gone downhill. He had a resurgence under Potter early last season, and then it's been shaky. Is this really his last opportunity at Chelsea? I'm not sure how to answer that question, you know, because I think he is coming for a lot of money and you don't always recoup that money. But our owners have shown they're willing to sell a player for well under market value just to get them off the books. So I think if I'm Kepa, I know that they've tried not once, but now twice to find a new keeper to replace me. So he's either got to step up his performances or they will be finding a new club for him pretty soon. Yeah, and, and from what we've seen with the owners, they like you said, they're not shy to to make changes and let players go that they don't think will will add to it, which is almost interesting with, with Kepa because they've stuck with him. Um, let's move on to right back, and, and I expect some debate here. Reese James, first choice for every every Chelsea fan, but Malu Gusto for Rose has come in. Jackie and I have been very impressed with him and, and almost see him as someone that allows James to be in a different position, but... Who starts in this game at right back? No, it has to be has to be our captain. <laughs> um, it's it's crazy because I was gonna ask that in the press conference, right? Regarding like how good yeah. Reese is and how good Gusto is, and then maybe Reese can resort to his original position in midfield just in case we don't get Kaiser or something. But I guess competition is healthy, and this is good. Uh, you know, obviously, knock on wood, like he's fit for now. But that's one thing with Reese that we all get concerned and are worried about is when he does get his injury, we don't have a like-for-like replacement, right? Aspie was good, a good leader. But in terms of like even being the, that similar style of play, that's what we lack the most. Obviously, on the left side, we have that. We sort of have that. But on the right side, having that safety is good, you know? So I feel like Reese has to start and then Gusto can, you know, fight for his place. And he's looking sharp. So I can definitely see why you guys would advocate for him. Yeah, and and you said club captain. It's again we're six days away from the first game, but we almost expect that the club will announce, or maybe the Liverpool game will be the announcement of who is club captain. Uh, but yeah. it's expected to be Reese James. Things can obviously change. Jackie, are you in agreement, Reese James, or are you thinking Gusto with James somewhere else? In- no, I think it's going to be Reese James, but I do think. It's been a significant upgrade to see Malagusto come in and maybe have Reese look over his shoulder. I think the only time Reese has to look over his shoulder is I have an injury and I'm going to be out for some time. It's going to take me some time to come in. But now it's I'm going to have to look over my shoulder because there is a guy that is physically strong, very fast, seems to be very aware of what the manager wants as well. So I don't think Reese is going to lose his title that easily. I think he's definitely going to want to hold on to that first spot. And like Faroe said, if he's captain, you know, that almost makes it another level. But Malo has really, really impressed me. I just want to reiterate that. Very, very impressive so far. 100% agree. Let's go to center back. Another contender to be captain is Thiago Silva. And I don't know if many people will be disappointed if if Reese gets it and Thiago doesn't, but Thiago fully deserves it with his experience and, and about to turn 39 next month and still, go, <laughs> still going like he's That's in his crazy. prime. Uh, Feroz, Thiago and Cole will have to be the two natural choices given that Fofana is out, Axel's just come in, Badi Shile has been uh, coming back from injury, and 
Chaloba, for how good he was in preseason, did pick up a knock in that final game. No, that makes the most sense for sure. Those those two players, like Tiago at the back, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, obviously, in an ideal world, I keep saying this, if you would have signed him 10 years ago, he would have been like the captain without a doubt. We would have like that sorted for a while. Um, but even if he's captain, of course, no Chelsea fan will complain. But I think just because of this whole rebuild and all the youngsters, Pochettino will probably give it to Reese. And Colwell, new contract, everything is good for him to learn more with Thiago and, you know, make those crazy passes. It's just, I'm going to be excited for this. I feel like it's going to be the perfect balance. And of course, people, we have a lot of players injured and stuff. And this just seems the most likely scenario for this, uh, for this partnership. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Jackie Colwell is 20. Thiago is 38. That means Thiago's 18 from Colwell's born. <laughs> I, I joke, right? But what a great opportunity for Levi Colwell to come in and play for his club, but also play next to an icon and a player in Thiago Silva that can teach you so much in-game. I was just watching something with Zinchenko who was saying uh, Vincent Company used to play behind him and was basically controlling him with the, like a mm-hmm. controller. Um, and it's almost similar with Thiago, with his knowledge, with his experience, with the reading of the game for Levi Colwell to have him next to him. Unfortunate events have led to this, but for Levi, it's a certain great opportunity to come in and start the season and and turn into a player that this defense can be built around. He's got a lot of praise that's come from this season, right? And I think rightly so. He's done really well at Brighton. His preseason's been really good. But I'm not a fool, and I understand that at some point, there is a possibility he will make a mistake. And as a young centre-back, it can definitely knock your confidence. But who better next to you than 39-year-old... Champions League winner, been there, done that to pick you up and say, listen, those things happen. In fact, in my first ever game in Chelsea, I made a mistake and I bounced right back and look what that led to be, right? So I think it's a lovely partnership forming there. I do feel bad for some of the other guys that are clearly very, very good center backs. But with the injuries, with the fact that Thiago Silva is 39, they need to just bide their time, play as hard as they can. And listen, that center back position is is set for a few years to come for sure. It definitely is. And and I do have to praise our owners. Once the Fofana news came out, they acted fast, brought in a replacement. And like you said, added numbers in that position where we were a little bit light. Not sure what happens with Chalobah with, with these movements, but we'll wait to find out. Let's go to left back. Ben Chilwell, Marco Correa, or Ian Matson. Jackie, I'll start with you. Big Ben. No arguments there. All right. Feroz, I think you agree? 100%. All right, no, no more, no discussion needed there, uh, because I think we'll get into the other side and and maybe not have some nice things to say. Uh, <laughs> midfield pivot, is that what we're feeling? Has a two in midfield? Yeah. All right. It so, seems to be what he's played all all preseason long, so I'd expect him to stick with that as well. All right, Enzo is a definite fit. If he's fit and ready, he starts. Who plays next to him, Feroz? I would say Santos probably. You know, but I wouldn't be surprised if Gallagher... I don't know, but I think Santos makes the most sense. Right. And and the only thing I guess that would prevent it would be this would be his first Premier League game. Uh And he's... Look, again, he's another one that's impressed in preseason. He's looked really good. He's been able to get out of tight spaces, read the game, defend, and allow the freedom for some of the attackers. So I'm not against it. 
mm-hmm. but maybe the occasion would lead to Pochettino saying, I'll trust Connor, or does he go to Santos and say, I trust you, this is your chance, go for it, Jackie? You know, I differ a little bit from Feroz. I think that he will go with Conor Gallagher, and I think you've outlined the reasons why he will go with Conor Gallagher. I would like to add that Conor Gallagher has also impressed me this preseason. Mm-hmm. He is, for lack of a better word, a pre- pressing merchant. I think you see him cover ground, close down a goalkeeper, and then cover ground right back to go make a defensive tackle. And guys, that's not his natural position. We know he d- likes to play slightly differently, but he's clearly absorbing what he's being asked to do, and he's doing it very well. I, I will say, Rahul, you've, you've said at times... He can be a little bit like a bull in a china shop, but I think he will refine that side of his game. But I think the beauty of it is you can take that pressure off of Santos and bring him in in the 65, 70th minute, and maybe we can watch him ping those balls around or bring his calmness to a game that might need it later on in the time. But I think he will stick with with um, Connor to start with. I think they'll both play Santos and Connor with obviously Enzo, mm. but Connor a little bit further ahead mm. just to close down the defense and, and avoid Liverpool uh, getting on the ball and, and trying to build out from the back. But um, let's go to the left wing. We have Feroza's favorite player, Raheem Sterling, Mudrik, Ian Matson as the three choices. Feroz, I see you laughing. I think I know your answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Who are you playing on that left wing? I mean, Raheem is too good to drop him. <laughs> will be like a shame. But I think Mudrik's pace is just perfect for this game. I think he's really confident right now. And he, I think he's going to get the nod. He needs these minutes. You know, obviously, there have been a lot of times last season where he showed flashes. And glimpses, you know, but it just seemed like once again, like we kept benching him here and there, or he was unlucky. He needed more confidence from his manager. I think he's going to get the nod on the left side, even though it pains me to see Raheem on the bench. <laughs> For the listeners, I have to tell you, this is a a, a point of contention between Feroz and I because he's a big Raheem Sterling fan, and I'm not. Uh, but Jackie. Mudrik's first game for Chelsea was off the bench against Liverpool away. Mm-hmm. And you could tell as soon as he came on the fear in that Liverpool mm-hmm. midfield back line. Milner was getting skinned for fun. He's not there. Obviously, Trent is most likely going to be playing on that right side. This just seems like the perfect opportunity to let Mudrik play, run in behind in that high line and get a goal and start off the season on a high. It really seems like the right time to put him in there, but I'm I'm worried because the last preseason game and the one before, I, I didn't see him get a lot of minutes. In fact, against Brighton, I believe he didn't even, sorry, not Brighton, against Fulham, I didn't even see him come on. So maybe Poch is saving him, letting him have his energy, but I'm wondering if he may not start this game. But if you ask me my personal opinion, he should. I think he'll also give something for Trent to think about and maybe nullify Trent's attacking because he's going to be worried about Mudrick's pace. So I would go with him 100% if, if I was the manager. Are you thinking Ian might be the other choice because of how many minutes he's played in preseason? So I defer a little bit. I think Ian might come in on the right wing. And this correlates directly to the question I asked Pochettino. Where does he see Ian's long-term future? And he said he can play anywhere in that attacking lineup. And we saw him a couple of times on the right side and we wondered what was going on. But maybe he favors the inverted winger coming in, cutting in on the left foot. And we did see Matson get a couple of goals in preseason. And he looks like he's got a finish on him as well. All right, so you've answered my question for the right as well. Uh, Feroz, I'm coming back to you again. Raheem on the right? 
I don't know. I generally think it's going to be Ian as well. Raheem, I feel like he has a lot of respect. You know, we joke around and a lot of times on social media, especially I joke about Raheem a lot, but he's just been so atrocious. Let's be real. And I feel like Pochettino is someone who gives players like, you know, a chance. And if they don't perform, he's going to bench them. Simple as, you know. So I think Ian will probably get the nod. I'm hoping at least he deserves it. He does, and he's had a great preseason. I think you, you're spot on about Raheem for how good all these youngsters have been. As a senior player, Sterling just hasn't hasn't performed in preseason. And he needs to step up. He needs to be that example for the younger guys. He needs to almost put the, the team on his back and say, I'll, I'll be the guy that takes you forward, but uh, you can support me and, and, and you know be there for me as well. But he just hasn't done that, and that's what's disappointing. So I agree. I think Ian on that right... Who plays in behind the striker? I know it would have been in Kunku, and and now that we're talking about him, he has injured his knee. Sounds like his MCL, which would require surgery, and is going to be out for a few months. Unfortunate because he was another one that was having a great preseason. But in the absence of Nkunku, Jackie, who plays? I I was thinking Connor in that position, yeah. but Carney Chukameka could be an option. Uh, Pochettino could come up with a whole different option. Cesar Casadei could come in too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who do you think plays? Yes, I'm glad you answered yours first because I think Connor is a good shout for that position. And you described it well, a pressing, closing down Liverpool's midfield, very, very important. I think he might go with Connie Chukomeka, in, in my opinion. I think he got a lot of minutes in preseason. We talked about maybe the occasion getting to Santos, right? But Carney's had a full Premier League season under his belt. Yes, it was a wild one. Yes, there was a lot of turmoil, but he was there for it. He got a few minutes. So I think Carney's the natural fit. I will throw in a wild card here. I think he does play Raheem Sterling on the right side. You might see an Ed Matson coming yeah. in the middle because we saw that a couple of times in the preseason. So it's it's up up in the air, but if it was me, I would go with Carney Chukumeka in the middle. All right. Ferris, what do you think? Connor, Carney? Yeah. Jackie, Jackie Nillen, so did you. It'll be one of those situations. I think if obviously Connor comes and you can even go to like a 4-3-3 almost. Right, exactly. Um, and then or maybe Matson can play in the middle and you can have Raheem on the right. Uh, that this could it's such a horrible discussion, this though, you know, because we never never imagined like anyone would like replace obviously and Cuckoo, but it is what it is. And I right. think we will be okay, but I think most likely it'll be Connor and Santos alongside Enzo. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And up front, sounds like there's only one option, and it's Nicholas Jackson, who's had a great preseason. And it's it's interesting because we set a great preseason for a lot of these players, but yeah. Nicholas Jackson really surprised and stood out uh, for a player that was really unknown amongst a lot of the fans. Comes in, has performed link-up play, runs, scoring. Um, and so I, I don't even think that's a question. But <laughs> we, we don't talk about that donkey. Here. <laughs> Listen, Feroz, I asked Rahul last episode, I think maybe, or the one before, Jackson has looked brilliant. I think he's yeah. been really, really different as far as number nines go. Do you think he's going to pull on the number nine shirt or is he going to stay far away from that number? Ooh, I think he's not going to, he's not going to take the number. <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 yeah. don't go for it. Don't risk it. Do not do that. Everything is going well. I think every <laughs> Chelsea fan is hoping he stays away from the number nine. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But Rahul, 
Honestly, it, let let Lukaku take that number nine with him, and let's just <laughs> let's just retire that number from from this club's history. Agreed. Uh, but let's talk about we're talking about numbers. Let's talk about scores and goal uh, goal line uh, goal predictions. Jackie, what are you predicting? First game of the season at home. Start off well. You have a few more other games coming that are winnable, and you can kind of set the tone for the rest of the season. I would love for us to win this game, especially in recent times with Liverpool. It's mostly been draws or we've not had the opportunity to win these games i would love to get a one nil win play well defend well maybe nico jackson comes in maybe it's ian matson with a, a cheeky goal maybe mudrick does something fancy but a one nil would be ideal for me but if not I'll, I'll take the draw i wouldn't be too greedy for the first game of the season all right Feroz. yeah i can see like a one one draw like liverpool scoring first and then us like working hard and you know, getting an equalizer. I just want us to finish our chances. That's what I want. I just have too much PTSD from last season or <laughs> last like, five seasons where a striker just doesn't finish. Or even like our attacking players, they do everything right and aren't composed. Hopefully, Madsen or Mudrick, you know, gets more clinical. And, you know, Jackson just puts that number, well, not number nine, but that striker role and goes like, you know what, I am I am the guy and get, gets the goal, you know, because we just are scarred. <laughs> all these all these games where we come so close where we should be winning not by one but like five goals but obviously that doesn't work out but i think we will get a decent result one one all right i'm gonna go for two one to chelsea i think we can do it wow. uh and that's also down to the fact that liverpool are still figuring out their midfield they're figuring out how to integrate the new players McAllister, i think was dribbled by five times in one half so <laughs> And Enzo knows him better than anyone else. I'm I'm just gonna stop there. So two one to Chelsea. Let's get let's start off with the win. Let's kind of erase the the last season. Start off fresh, and then we go into West Ham away, Luton at home, Forest at home, and Bournemouth away. So again, no disrespect to any of these teams, but if we can get the win in this first game, we should put a good run of results together and, and go into that international break in September with a few good results and, and points. Um, but before we move on, let's take a quick message from our sponsors and we'll be right back. The Premier Chelsea has partnered with Fubo TV. Fubo TV is your home for live sports and TV without a cable in the US and Canada. You can watch on all your devices, which means you don't have to miss any of the actions or goals that Chelsea score in the Premier League and Champions League. You heard that right. Fubo TV Networks broadcast Premier League, Champions League, and many other leagues and tournaments. So what are you waiting for? Start your free trial today at fubotv.com forward slash TPC. All right, guys, welcome back. And now we'll go into doing a top six prediction. So we've kind of predicted Chelsea's game. We've predicted how we feel this season should go. But let's put our money, our mouths where our money is or the other way around. Um, Feroz, is Man City doing a 4 P? Or is someone in this league dethroning them? Nah, City, City are gonna get it again. Yeah, you know? even even it, with Gundogan leaving, Mares leaving, Kyle Walker most likely leaving. I know, I know. I still think City are gonna. They're just they're just way too strong. Even though these lost they lost these quality players, and obviously they lost the Community Shield. 
uh, <laughs> a, a trophy you, that I you, well, you mean uh, the Champions League in North London? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, obviously that's such a big loss, but I still think they're gonna bounce back and get the fourth. If it's not Chelsea, I just want like City, obviously, out of their remaining clubs to win, and I think they're just strong with Pep being confident and Holland being like a some cr- ridiculous player that like we should have obviously had but that's a whole different discussion <laughs> i just think like they're really strong have experience and they will they will win the league again unfortunately for us all right jackie what do you think so that's so city won everything last season so they mm-hmm. have to play the super cup they have to travel away for the club world cup they obviously are back in the premier league champions league all the, oh, the domestic no. competitions does that change your mind a little bit, or are you also in, in the same camp as Feroz? Yeah, I'm in the same camp. I think I look at the signings they've made. Yasko Guardiol, I think, is a fantastic player. We were linked with last year as well. I think 100-odd million for him is is incredible for a defender. And Pep's changed slightly to not necessarily wanting attacking fullbacks. He's playing through the middle, which is good. And speaking of the middle, he picked up Mateo Kovacic, who... Who better in the midfield to carry the ball in the middle? I don't think there's anybody better at dribbling and carrying the ball from the middle of the park. And Feroz has already talked about that robot up front that can just score <laughs> for fun. 50-something goals last season. I think it's ridiculous. So I think, yes, they have other competitions. Sure, they're going to want to win them. But maybe they take the foot off the gas in the Calling Cup and, and the FA Cup. But the others, I think they still have enough quality and depth to do it. And we have to say that our predictions are coming before the end of the transfer window. So... So he could go out and pick up a couple more players and just re-strengthen their squad. Not that it's a weak squad anyway, uh, but I do agree. I think City to to win the league as well. But in second place, Jackie, I'll come to you. Are we going to see Arsenal retain that second spot? Are we going to see United come through? Chelsea, Liverpool, Newcastle United. There's so many names, right? So what are you thinking for that second spot? I think it might be Man United this time around. I think they fell short last time because of some issues that they clearly took care of. I think Arsenal have made some decent signings, but not maybe the signings I think they needed. And adding Champions League to the squad, while we can say that it may not distract a Manchester City who's been been there and done that for 10 years in a row, for an Arsenal coming back to the Champions League after so long, that will be distracting. So I think Man United might pip them to a level up and go second. And so you're you're impressed with United summer so so far with Mason Mount coming in, Onana coming in, Hoyland is that is that the right way to say it? Yeah, I think I think they've signed the type of player that they've been looking for for a while. I can't say they're going to be successful till it starts because obviously so far I haven't seen enough from Mason Mount. Onana has had a couple of howlers so far, but again. You're integrating in preseason. Some of these players take a little longer to kick off. I don't think Hoyland has even made his debut yet. So they've signed the right profile of player. The manager they have is seeming to be the right guy to stir the ship back on target. So I think he can squeeze them into that second spot. All right. Feroz, what do you think? United for you or someone else? Nah, Jackie. Jackie's saying everything that I was going to say. United, just the type of players they're signing is perfect. I would have said Arsenal if they had a clinical striker. Obviously, G- Gabriel Jesus is injured again. I haven't. You know, <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, obviously, I don't even think he was going to play that striker role, but he's in an un- another unfortunate, or should I say fortunate for us situation, having that, like, responsibility now. But if they get someone who's decent, but then again, who's 
even in the market, right? Like at a realistic price. Lukaku. Unless unless they get like a decent striker, Arsenal. Yeah. But do you think they so for United second, do you think Arsenal can make it to third or are you thinking a little bit lower for Rose? I think here's my optimism kicking in. I think it's gonna be us. I think okay. Chelsea is gonna finish third. Yeah. And I generally think they're gonna make uh just like how we did at the back when we had an injury, I think we are going to get an attacking, a creative attacking midfielder. And I think it's going to be a big name. Whether, who knows, it's Felix again, because obviously now that option is there, like a realistic option is there. Uh, Because Nkuku was a key player for us, right? And obviously some other big names are being linked. uh, But I really think Poch is going to be backed and we are going to get a name of similar caliber to Nkuku. And we should get third if, you know, God forbid there are no more injuries to other players. <laughs> you heard it here for Rose Romano predicting transfers for Chelsea. I'm just kidding. Uh, Jackie, what do you think for third? Are you thinking Chelsea? Are we thinking Arsenal? Are we thinking Liverpool? Yeah, Liverpool could be a dark horse this season. I think that Darwin Nunez could improve from last season. Last season, he also showed flashes of what he could bring to the league. And I think you know, settling into the language, settling into the style of play, a couple of younger guys around him that maybe will play to his strengths. They might be the ones to squeeze in third, but I don't disagree with what Feroz is saying. I think that if we have a couple of key players that can help get goals for the Chelsea squad, we could be in and around that position. But for argument's sake, I think Liverpool will get to that third spot. All right. So Arsenal not in the top three after finishing second. I don't I don't think so. With the, I think the distraction of the Champions League might really hinder oh. them. So. Okay. Do you think they then make it to fourth? I believe so. Based on what I'm, I'm thinking here so far, I think they will get fourth. Okay. So for your your top four is City, United, Liverpool, Arsenal. Yep. Burroughs, what are you? And yours so far is City, United, Chelsea. And who are you going for fourth? I think Liverpool are not going to do good. I don't know. Just a gut feeling. I don't think they're going to do that well. I feel like they're past their prime i know it may sound really ignorant but i just feel like salah and all like that that trio they had of firmino of salah and all like money just you know that's just done obviously and nunes this does show like you know signs but i still feel like he even in preseason there were like a few games where he's like one-on-one and he just is scared to shoot you know he has like the the chelsea striker syndrome <laughs> uh i think Probably Newcastle is gonna edge that. I think. I still think their manager is sensational. I think their manager is who I thought Potter was gonna be. I thought Potter was gonna be Eddie Howe. We all did. Um, and they're making some decent signings, and they're not going over the top. Obviously, seeing Maximum are a loss, but I feel like they'll be strong enough. And I don't see like Spurs or Liverpool getting that spot over Newcastle. You don't think the distraction of going back into the Champions League and all of that, the the pressure that comes with that, especially after over yeah. let's let's call it what it is. Newcastle did overperform last season a little yeah. bit. Uh and so to be in the Champions League, to live up to the expectations of last season, you think that they can they can hit those heights? I think they can just because of the manager. Okay. I feel like he's really good and he knows what's going on right now in terms of like not to go overboard. Uh, which is why I, I also just don't 
rate Liverpool or Spurs that highly anymore. Uh, so I really think they can maintain that just because of Eddie Howe. And I feel like they're going to be a couple of more incomings. And I see them having more incomings than Spurs, who may lose Harry Kane, who knows. Right. Uh, so I feel like that's a big factor as well. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on to fifth. Feroz, I'll stay with you. Is Arsenal now in fifth, or are you thinking even lower? Oof. Uh, this is weird because I said Arsenal could be third for me if they, or right. should I say second if they get that striker? But if they, if they don't, then they'll they'll get fifth. I feel okay. I mean, yeah. so they still go back to the Champions League, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they you you just feel with missing Jesus and not having yeah. someone that can that can score. Okay, Jackie, you know how, how clinical like how important clinical strikers are, right? So yes, if anyone knows, we know. <laughs> uh, Jackie, who's fifth for you? So for me, it'll be Chelsea. So I defer with Feroz a little bit. I think that Newcastle will be distracted by Champions League, and I think more so the allure of it and maybe the confidence levels can get knocked down if you lose a couple games in European nights, but. Maybe I'm optimistic. Maybe I just want us to get back to Europe, but I think Chelsea in fifth and we'll get back into Europe. All right. And then final top six position goes to Jackie. It's going to be difficult, but maybe a Newcastle at that point, I would say. Okay. And Feroz for you? Probably Tottenham. (laughs) (laughs) Just put them in there. If they still have Harry Kane, right? If they still have Harry Kane, yeah. Okay. And if not, then maybe a Brighton, Aston Villa under Unai Emery, who's yeah, done. I feel great. like Brighton, I think I say there's going to be a big loss for them. Uh, so that's all about putting. Feroz Romano at work yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Emery Emery's a good shot as well, you know, with Villa. Yeah, no, he's he's done a great job since coming in, added some good pieces. Mm-hmm. But that second season, when the messages are maybe a little bit stale or not hitting the same way that's where it gets interesting and that's what we have to see with uh them most likely also being in europe so all right that's your top six let's go to relegation i'll tell you the teams that came up so we have luton town obviously that made it through the playoffs we have uh, sheffield united that have been promoted as well and burnley with vincent company any of these three jackie you think are in that bottom three at the end of the season I think one will be at the very least. I don't know who, so maybe I'll just take a wild gander. I've not watched enough of them, but maybe Luton will go down. I think they're a smaller club, maybe a smaller town, maybe not the funding that they could need to you know, get the right players and right staff in there, so maybe Luton would go down, I think. Okay, and who are the other two then with them? You know, I'm really worried for Everton. I think two times in a row flirting with relegation, I have not seen too much transfer activity that's positive. So I don't know if, unless they make a couple of good signings here to really help them, they might actually finally bite the bullet. And just looking at this table, you know, I'm worried for for Nottingham Forest as well. I know they did okay last year, but I'm not sure what their transfer strategy is. They just seem to kind of buy a lot of players. And and it it worked for them last year. They were able to get out of it, but maybe they're one that will go down as well. Okay. Furrows for you. I know you nodded your head for... um... Jackie's second pick, which is escaping me right now. Everton. Everton, yes. Um, But who are the other two for you then? No, all three are actually identical. Okay. I'm actually looking at the table right now, and I was like, wow, he even mentioned Everton because I I see no improvement in Everton like the last two seasons. Obviously, they got really lucky on the Lampard as well. 
um, and Luton. They just, I don't know, I feel like it's going to be a horrible time for them. <laughs> and then even Nottingham Forest, they just don't give me confidence. Um, I think these three are going to be the ones. But then again, let's see, because obviously last season we were all sort of keeping an eye on relegation for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully we don't even like address that this season, you know? Yeah, let's let's not let's not bring that up in our case. <laughs> uh Golden Boot, guys. Ooh. Jackie, I'll come to you. We right now have Ooh. Holland, Harry Kane in the league, Nicholas Jackson, Mo Salah, who's won it the last few times. You've mentioned Darwin Nunes. Um they gave Hoyland from United, Newcastle. Let me, let me just stop you. You're going to list a lot of strikers. It doesn't matter who you keep listing. It's going to be Erling Haaland again. Okay. Listen, does barring he, does an injury. Does he break his own record? Yes, I think he's going to go Whoa. in and do do another one because I think there's something different about him. Not Not only the finishing or the quality. I think it's the confidence. I think he oozes confidence to a level that I've not seen in strikers for a long, long time. I mean, nothing phases him. He's got a sense of humor when he misses and he just keeps going. His little tidbits of interviews with Thierry Henry of, how can I do better? And Henry said, you just scored five tonight. What more do you want, right? And he wants more. He wants to do the next step. I think that Man City are also allowing certain players to leave who are not hungry. And he is hungry. He wants to win a couple more big trophies. I don't know what, what more they need to win at this point in time, but... He's going to be the golden boot winner for me. All right, Feroz, you want to go with someone different? No. <laughs> well, can I can I can I ask a question? Who do you think is going to be the second highest scorer? Kane or? It depends if it's if Kane is going to stay with with the yeah. Premier League, but I expect Mohamed Salah to come oh, back and yeah. have a better season. But don't count out Jackson, guys. If he doesn't wear that number nine, don't count out Jackson. Answer. I like that answer. So, Jackson, don't wear a number nine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That, those are the season predictions. And, again, most likely we'll all be wrong and the season will go in a whole different direction. But hopefully for Chelsea, we're right uh, and we do make it back into Europe. But uh, before we wrap it up, guys, we're linked with a few players. I know Feroz has touched on a few transfers. Moises Caicedo, Jackie, comes in before the start of the season in five days' time at this point. I think he'll come in. I just unfortunately feel like we're going to bow to Brighton's will and pay the full asking price, which I think he's a good player. I think he's a type of player we need, but I think at that price, it's not worth it. I think I've spoken to both of you guys off camera where for $100 we can probably go get two, maybe three good defensive midfielders. And of the two or three, if one is good, we've still had a good good business line of uh, of business there, but I think we'll get him over the finish line. He was not included in the preseason game for Brighton recently, so all signs point to he will be here Maybe not for the Liverpool game, but he will be here for the season. Okay. Furrows agreed. 100%. Oh, it's right. one of those situations where I feel like we all were like, he's surely coming in. And then like a couple of weeks ago, we were like, is this happening? But now it just seems like a matter of like when, you know? Yeah, it's it's but inevitable. Um, Furrows, I'll stick with you. We're linked with Tyler Adams. We're linked with Michael Olise. Uh, Neymar has popped up today as another option. Um do you think out of these three, we're going to pick up another mid... Let's say Caicedo comes in, right? Because we're all in yeah. agreement that he's coming in. Are we picking up another midfielder in Tyler Adams? Or is that based on the Caicedo deal from... I think that's based on Connor as well. Okay. Maybe Connor leaving and like our outgoings. I feel like that's the thing with Tyler. As for 
Neymar and other creative players we're linked with. I think we are going to get one of them just because of how the owners, like both Iqbali and Boli, they just want that big name signing superstar. And I feel like desperation is going to kick in slightly. Obviously, last season, there were talks of Cristiano and all, and Mbappe was also getting referred to when we were there in D.C. You know, we joke about it and stuff, but I really think the club is sort of like making a whole team and then once we get the team we're getting that star player rather than last year get a star player in the chaos i think we are gonna get a big name whether it's dibala whether it's felix i i think it's probably gonna be neymar i know it sounds absurd and bizarre but when you just think about the whole situation as to how you're discussing mbappe and why he is gonna leave i think neymar is a strong possibility because i don't see him go anywhere else and i don't see any owner pay that much for him, even for wages and stuff, because our wages are, like, cleared now, getting rid of a lot of, like, Deadwood. Um, but I think it's a very realistic conversation. It's not an absurd one. Yeah, and, I mean, where there's where there's smoke, there's some fire, right? So um, those those rumors and stories aren't coming out of nowhere. Jackie, are you how, if Neymar walks in, right, he's an automatic starter, someone that plays uh, most of the games, barring in March. Um <laughs> How do you feel about that? Because we're we've seen this club and the owners go with the young players. We're gonna bring them up, let them come through, go and scout players that are maybe not known, and all of a sudden you throw in a superstar in there. Um, how do you feel about that? I'm conflicted, and I'll tell you why. It's because I think he's gonna be a better player than Raheem Sterling, and I'm just being very honest here. I think Raheem's not lived up to the expectations, and yes, last season was turmoil, but this preseason has shown he's not he's not up to the speed yet. And so if you get a player that would potentially take Raheem Sterling's spot, that's great because you have maybe an, maybe an upgrade, quote-unquote. But I'm conflicted because it's also a spot that could be blocking Mudrik's development or Madueke's development. And realistically, how long is Neymar going to be at Chelsea if he does come? Is it a two-, three-year commitment? And in two or three years, you could get a disgruntled Madueke or disgruntled you know, Mudrik. And then you see what happens with the KDB, the Salah situation. There are many more names I can go down. So... You know, definitely definitely one of those where when we were teasing the whole star player, I was for the Mbappe situation because that would be a one-year loan. It would do what the owners want. And then from there, we can go back to business as usual. So definitely conflicted on that front. Yeah, I, I agree with... I, and look, if Neymar comes in, I'm not going to be like, well, I don't want him here. But right now, I look at it and I'm like, I'm not sure if that's the right fit for this group. But again, you he could come in and feel like I'm the, the main guy and, and perform to the levels that he can. We just haven't seen them for a few seasons. Uh, and I know Feroz is a, a massive fan of, of Neymar. With last time he was on, we spoke about him too. No, it's, it's like even the whole situation with Mudrik. Mudrik loves him. And I feel like he would... That's one player where he'd be like, you know what, fair enough, I can learn from... Because that's his idol as well, uh, you know. Like he, he fanboyed crazy when he got a video message from him as well. I think when Zinchenko's wife was interviewing him. But I really think it's a possibility, and I agree with Jackie as well. For selfish reasons, I want him. My bias is kicking in heavily because obviously, like for all the youngsters and stuff that do deserve this spot, it will hinder them. But this is Neymar we're talking about, right? It is, and and yeah. it does sound like the owners want that, like Feroz said, yeah. want that marquee signing, want that big name to show. Not that the world is ever questioning our owners about <laughs> how much we've spent, but I think they just want the world to know that we mean business. And yeah. 
and it's something that Pochettino has to agree to. And it seems like from what we've read and seen that they are listening to him and want his input on certain transfers and, and players that are coming in, which is great. So we'll leave it at that, guys. The season is upon us. We're a few days away. And uh, if you haven't, joined our Fantasy League and, and play along. And we'll see uh, where Jackie and I end up. Usually we're somewhere down there fighting relegation ourselves. Uh, but I know a lot of the others have fun. But Feroz, thanks for jumping on. Any parting thoughts from you, my friend? No, I'm excited for this and pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You guys are awesome. It's good to meet in DC, and I hope to do more. And hopefully, we all in a few months look at this and go like, "Wow, how right were we?" You know, for Chelsea. Yes, yes. <laughs> for Chelsea, for sure. Jackie, any thoughts from you? Yeah, listen, I love that we get to communicate with you, Feroz, and it's nice to to see you know, the ideas we share and the passion we share for Chelsea. And I'll share one more thing. I think Feroz said something in the preseason tour, which is important. Rahul, you and I have seen this since we've been doing this podcast. The Chelsea community is very, very strong. I think everybody together online, in person, we come together. We all want the same thing at the end of the day, which is Chelsea to win, Chelsea to go forward and, you know, get a couple more trophies. But listen, we're building something here. It's going to be interesting. We have to show our support and go for it. But Listen, games is a few days away. I'm super duper excited. Few days away, and then ten months of up and down and roller coasters. <laughs> and, and don't end, don't end it that way. Don't end it that way. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's it's an exciting time, right? And yeah, yeah. and we're due for a good season. So hopefully this is it. Fingers crossed. But that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chels on all podcast providers, Instagram, and on Twitter. It's at Premier Chels or X now. Um, and Feroz can be found at Feroz17. And please um, stay tuned. We'll be back with a new episode. But until then, stay safe and up the chels. Hey, guys. The Premier Chels is sponsored by Kickoff Coffee. They are a top-quality artisanal roasted coffee. In other words, they're Champions League winner and Premier League winner every single time. They deliver fresh bags directly to your home so you don't have to go to a coffee shop and pick up something. And the best part about them is every bag gives back to soccer charities. 10% of the proceeds go to organizations that use soccer to promote youth social development in the underserved areas. Use our code TPCOFFEE15 to get 15% off your order. You can order at kickoffcoffeeco.com or check out the links on our social media. Thanks.